Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Toyota Brookhaven services all makes and models. That could be why we were voted best service department the past two years. Come see why. Exit 40 Brookhaven or online at toyotabrookhaven.com. Great service, great savings. At Toyota Brookhaven, we deliver. This is Rebecca Turner, and thank you for listening to the Good Things Podcast here on Super Talk Mississippi. It's Mississippi's Radio Happy Hour. Well, I'm going to Mississippi, Mississippi, here I come. You're listening to Good Things with Rebecca Turner. Well, I'm going to Mississippi, Mississippi, here I come. Bringing you the good stories of Mississippi's people, places, and things to do. Now, now, here's Rebecca. Good afternoon, Super Talk Mississippi. You're tuned into your radio happy hour. That's the good things. I'm your host, Rebecca Turner. Now, don't forget, you can listen to good things. We are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. We're also streaming from the Super Talk Mississippi app. And, of course, you can always find us, too, on your local Super Talk Mississippi radio station. And you can watch good things. We are on your computer or your mobile device. Just head on over to Super Talk TV. And we keep hearing good news happening in Rolling Fork. And we're just going to keep sharing that with you. Today, we got a wonderful story happening with the Rotary there. Joining us is uh, the Ro- Rolling Forks Rotary President, Reed Carter, and also Mr. Danny Burnt, who is uh, in the studio with us to share some of the ways that you guys have been working diligently since the terrible day of the tornado there in Rolling Forks. So welcome. Welcome, Reed. He's glad to be on. It's glad to have you here. It's glad to have you and Mr. Danny here. And it's just a whirlwind. And I love what we get to do here um, on Good Things is to share all the good stuff that's going on. And me and Mr. Danny were talking about how so many people have showed up for Rolling Fork. And the Rotary is no different. So, Reed, kind of share with us how the Rotary has positioned itself to help its local community. So, yeah, in Rolling Fork, our club is a small rotary club and um i'm a young rotarian and didn't really know how much rotary could do until after the storm and after the day after the storm within at eight o'clock on the 25th um there were rotary showing up in rolling fork in full force to help out and uh since then rotary has done amazing things um they've identified a ton of projects, um, roofing jobs to do, trying to get houses back in shape um, for people to live. Um, there were disaster aid groups that came in, Disaster Aid USA, several Rotarians and clubs from all over the country that came in and helped at distribution centers and volunteered, cleaning up, um, rebuilding, tarping roofs. Um, we are extremely thankful for what Rotary has done in Rolling Fork. That's definitely made a difference. And every little bit of difference helps. And, Danny, I mean, Reed may be a young Rotarian. How long have you been in Rotary there in Rolling Fork? Well, so, uh, oh, Reed. I've been Go ahead. in Rotary since I got out of college in about 20, well, I guess I probably started in Rotary in about 2020. So a couple of years, and then I got thrown into presidency. And so... Uh, but I've really enjoyed it and really enjoyed working with Danny and Mark Dibias, who's our district governor, who's done a wonderful job um, with raising funds and identifying projects. And uh, and then Mark took on more of the district governor role 
and Danny jumped in as the disaster aid chair and has done a phenomenal job at, um, you know, organizing projects and working with contractors, inspecting the work that's been done. And uh, we're super thankful for what Mark and Danny have done. Danny, when you got into Rotary, I'm not sure when that would have been. About 34 years ago. That's what I was thinking. Maybe you were a little more seasoned than Reed in the world of Rotary. Did you ever think that it would have to show up for your community in the way it has after the tornado? Well, we Rotary, uh, over the last few years, I have uh, come to realize that how much Rotary shows up. We showed up, for instance, for the Jackson water crisis and handed out water filters and bottled water and all over all over the city of Jackson. Uh, so Rotary shows up uh, in, in in tornadoes and, and various things all over the all over the country. Somebody, uh, our district governor told me one time that shaking hands with with a Rotarian is like shaking hands with 1.3 million because there's that many of them around the world, and their their main objective is to serve. Um, we're not political. We're not. Uh, we're not religious. We're there to serve our fellow man. So, and every community in Mississippi has a Rotary, if not in it, near it. Correct. Near it. Near it. We have forty-four clubs in our district. Uh, forty-four clubs, about nineteen hundred and fifty some odd members in those forty-four clubs, from Highway eighty-two all the way down. I think it's to Highway ninety-eight uh, in in southern mississippi so uh right across central mississippi uh we've got uh about 44 clubs so what does it look like for the rotary there in rolling fork now obviously there's been huge um inroads in terms of building back there's been a lot of positive sort of moving forward but there's still a lot of work that needs to be done um so where in terms of like helping the community now is rotary sort of positioned reed you may want to share yeah, so we have done um, numerous roofing projects, and we have donated um, a substantial amount of money to Rolling Fork Rising, who is a, a Christian organization that is, um, their goal is to put renters back in home. So I think about 70% of Rolling Fork's population um, is renters, and the landlords are not building back because it's not economical. They can't. Um, for the cost to build, for what the rental rates are around here, you know, it does not work. And so what Rolling Fork Rising is doing is they are planning to build as many houses as they can as funds come in um, to give renters a chance to buy a home at a very discounted rate, and they snowball that and build it. They're trying to build um Lots of houses. They've got 17 lots. And so that's one thing that we have participated in. And then we've put on um, several roofs, windows, doors, siding, um, fascia boards, um, just kind of putting houses back together. And we will continue to do that. Rotary, um, Mark Dibiaz raised over $250,000 for our community. And most of that has been spent and we could use another it's, there's no end in projects that we could do so as long as we keep getting funds we will keep continuing to rebuild the town and so far it's been a wonderful thing and we've made a large impact in rolling for 
Absolutely. I think people getting back in their homes or just showing them that their community still cares and wants them there is a good thing, Danny. And I think that's one thing that you guys are doing by partnering and just still showing up because most of the time Rotary is made up of the businessmen and women of the community that then come together to then be able to serve the community, correct? That's correct. So you can't have businessmen and women if you don't have people to business with. So you got to have your community built back. Um, So it makes sense that you would want a healthy uh, Rolling Fork community again. You know, keep in mind that uh, if you believe what's on social media, they say that 78% of Rolling Fork was either destroyed or damaged. And that meant that what I found out is that that meant that some people lost a job and a house uh, uh, and a car, or they may have lost all of that. All of a sudden, they didn't have anything anymore. And so a lot, a lot of a lot of people have a long way to go. How can those listening to Good Things um, Now, Danny Reed, still help with the efforts there in Rolling Fork, or help with the Rotary there in Rolling Fork, and what you guys are doing? Well, the the biggest way is uh, is money uh, to the Rotary Foundation, two hundred Agency Burn B U R N, Ridgeland, Mississippi three nine one. Five seven. Uh, we're we're down to about our last fifteen thousand dollars, and we could easily spend. Uh, Reed commented that we had spent uh, somewhere around a quarter of a million dollars. We could use that much more easily. And keep in mind uh, that there's no overhead with Rotary. We don't pay anybody to do anything. A hundred percent of a contribution goes into. Uh, into into those projects and it and it's all uh, we are five oh one three c organization so they'll get their their tax letter so and you know your contribution helped build back a home build back a community put a roof back on or any of you know a million other sort of projects that you guys have read what would you say to those listening in terms of wanting to get involved in rotary in either way whether it's a donation or just in their local rotary they may be voluntold to do something like you got to do with president reed yeah, so, um, yeah, it's, um, Rotary has made a great impact on our community. And so, yeah, if there's any way that you could get involved in a Rotary club, if you have a volunteer group that you're associated with, um, there are several people that are organizing volunteer groups to still come work in Rolling Fork. There's, um, tons of work left to be done. And so if you are not affiliated with Rotary, but want to volunteer, or no volunteer groups that want to help out, um, you can reach out to First Baptist Church of Rolling Fork. I know they do a wonderful job of organizing um, volunteer crews. If you want to donate to the Rotary Foundation, I second what Danny said. You know, it's uh, that would be a wonderful way. And we are we're running low on money, and we've got several projects in mind that would make a large difference for people in a lot of need that still haven't. Um, you know, there's several people in our community that were way underinsured. Um, there's still a lot of good to be done there in Rolling still, Fort Reed, and the Rotary is definitely a way to do it. Thank you so much for your time. Danny, we're going to keep you. we got a few more good things to talk about coming up next.
Making your afternoon just a little brighter. It's Good Things with Rebecca Turner on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back to Good Things. Don't forget we are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. We're also streaming from the Supertalk Mississippi app. You can always find us, too, on your local Supertalk Mississippi radio station. And don't forget you can watch us. We are on your computer or your mobile device. We are continuing our conversation with Danny Brunt. He is with the Rotary. Obviously, he is the Rolling Fork Disaster Relief Chair with the Rotary. But he's also an artist. So I've been told to ask you, Danny, do you still paint? <laughs> oh, yes, I still paint. You still paint. Okay, so I know those that probably know you well or know you best know that you have a history as being an artist and, and a painter, but I don't. So where did this love or affection for painting, where did all that begin? Well, it began uh, in my, I guess, about the seventh or eighth grade, and my mother realized I could draw and so we began trips back and forth to start. Well, we lived at Ackerman at the time, and we so we began art lessons. Uh, she did that. No telling how many miles that woman drove taking me to art lessons, but that's where it started. And uh, I tell uh, I tell people, you know, it's it's almost like an addiction. Uh, it, I, I almost, if I'm not thinking about it. Painting. If I'm not painting, I'm thinking about it, or I'm looking at the next subject matter. I'm, something is is in my brain about about painting, and uh, primarily watercolors is is what I do. And uh, do you remember the first thing that you painted that you were proud of, Danny? Well, I know that one of the first uh, things that I drew uh, and was um, that I remembered. Uh, was for the 20th Century Club there in Ackerman. I won, uh, uh, I think I won first place. I had a little robin sitting on a fence post, on a, a snowy fence post with a, a snow scene behind it. So uh, that's one of the first things I remember. Do you still have it? I do have it. I do have it. Those are special things. So whenever it sort of grew into or your passion for painting, when did you start I mean, I know over the times you have sold your art, you have done commission work and all the different things. So when did that hobby become, I guess, kind of like a professional passion? Because you've also had a professional career that you just retired from a couple of years ago. So how did you mix the two? Well, you know, the, the ability to uh, the ability to draw uh, actually got me hired. Because I, I I went in and uh, uh, with Ivy Mechanical out of Kosciuszko and I interviewed and they asked me about uh, could I could I be a draftsman mm-hmm. and I said well sure now I had taken a little drafting in college but not a lot and then a few weeks later they called back and wanted to know if I could be an estimator and I said well sure and I I get hired but anyway I. Uh, I used that and uh, went on into project management and had a lot of opportunities with, with uh, that wonderful company in Kosciuszko. And, uh, but then uh, 
have just always, uh, for the last 40 to 50 years, it's just, uh, as I mentioned, it's just been a passion. Uh, and I have been in one or two, uh, I've been at Brown's, uh, was there for several years. Uh, now I've got a, I've got a website, dannybrunt.com, mm-hmm. and uh, it's got a few things on there. But uh, I'm continuously, continuously painting. Continuously so. paint. What are you painting right now? I am actually painting a. Uh, th- this won't sound too uh, too exciting to you, but uh, there's a uh, not about a mile from my house. There, in the curve of the road, there's an old hog pen with an old building on it, and in front of that hog pen uh, are is a cotton. Uh, it's a, actually a cotton field that has been chopped. So you don't see anything but about the six or eight inches of those cotton plants, and in the background you see that old that old hog pen and those cows and things behind there. So things like that just catch my attention from time to time. So will you go out there and set up and paint like on site, or is that something that you take a photograph of or a memory photograph, Danny, and then come back to your workplace and able to paint it? Oh, I take photographs. I take photographs. Sometimes, I, uh, Rebecca, I'll go back uh, with photographs that I took five or six years ago. I'm continuously going through those, and I may go. I may have taken them five or six years ago, and I'll go back and pull one and and start. So it's just something will just uh, will just ring a bell that I need to do it. So it feels like watercolor is one of the harder mediums to work with. It's runny. Like you can mess it up really quickly. Why were you? Why did you gravitate towards it? What What was it about watercolor that stuck out to you? Probably, uh, probably some of my earliest uh, instructors. I, I would I, I took uh, art at Holmes Community College in Goodman. I went on to state and uh, never graduated, but I took uh, 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 was in commercial art there. But some of those earliest instructors. Um, were watercolorists, and then after after then there were have been a number of workshops and things from uh, uh, across the country that we've done and, and attended, uh, and, and most of them have been watercolor watercolor workshops. But uh, it's just fascinating, and most people think that well, it's not very forgiving, but it really is. Mine always looks brown. It ends up, there's <laughs> it, spots will look decent, and then it's like you walk away and comes back, and it's like it all cried together, and then it's like brown. So, I guess I'm not doing something right. Well, it sounds like you're you're muddying the water. Well, that, I've been told that a time or two <laughs> in my in my lifetime, but I do feel like watercolor is one of those that your kids get introduced to first because it's kind of like a less. You know, parents aren't as scared of, like, the watercolors in terms of on their um, furniture or wherever it may be, and they can tend to paint with it a little bit easier. Is So you went from drawing first. Did you ever try any of the other type of painting, oil painting, or just, I don't know the other kind of names for the re- normal painting. Uh, that's not the right word, but you know what I mean. Well, there's, you know, there's acrylics and there's there's yeah. oils, and but watercolor just kind of always been... Always been where I've where I've stayed. So, do you ever do commission work, Danny, or is it mostly whatever you are inspired by and then put up? For? I have, yes, I have done that. Yes. So, if somebody wanted a commission. What what's your what's Danny's specialty? Uh, you know, for some reason, architecture. Uh, 
for instance, uh, the old homes at Natchez or or Vicksburg or you know th- those kinds of things really. Uh, uh, there was an really old. Are, they're special, you know. If there's is there something that you, an old building that you haven't had a chance to paint, but that you want to paint. Well, ne- next up on my schedule is a neighborhood scene uh, from uh, from Natchez, down near uh, Maryland. And I had uh, my wife and I had the opportunity to stay at the Burn, the bed and breakfast there last year during a Rotary uh, convention, and uh, part of what I did while I was there was get out in the neighborhood and take take photos. So those are coming up. Those are coming up. Yep. I love that you have kept your passion for painting. Obviously, you're a talented artist. Not everyone who has a passion or enjoyment for drawing or painting is can be at that level. But I feel like, for some reason, adults usually fall off the wagon once they get out of high school or college of those things that brought them joy. You've kept it for decades later. What do you say to those that enjoyed painting or drawing at one time but maybe let it go? Just uh, just keep the course. Uh, there's just uh, there's no. Some people will tell you, uh, you know, when I first started, I thought there was a certain way I had to do things. But I I learned soon after uh, throughout my life's experience. That's not a wrong. There's really not a wrong way. There's your way, whatever that is. Uh, some people may may take pure color. And put pure color, squirt it out of a tube right on in the, on paper and start. Some may start with a something that looks a lot more watery than that, but and just build on that. But uh, so there's no, it's there's no really no wrong way. It's your way. So and if you love it, it doesn't matter if you ever sell anything. The point is, is you should just be able to express yourself in the art that you enjoy at any age. And my wife asked me, "What are we going to do with all these paintings?" I said, "Well, we're gonna we're gonna leave them to the family, so. <laughs> or sell them, put them up, and or, somebody else right. may want them. If someone wants to see your work, purchase your work, or maybe commission you for a watercolor, Danny, where do they go to do that? Well, go to dannybrunt.com or uh, email me dannybrunt three twenty one at gmail dot com, or call me at six zero one nine four two Oh six five two. All righty. Well, Danny, we appreciate your time here, all that you're doing with the Rotary, but also the fact that you're a wonderful local artist we got to know today. So appreciate that. All right, you stick with us. We got more for you coming up next. Rebecca Turner. She looks healthy and sane. Good things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi. And we're down. Where the- 
good things. Don't forget you can watch us. We are on computer, your mobile device. Just head on over to Super Talk TV. Don't forget you can always find us too on your local Super Talk Mississippi radio station. And we're streaming live over at supertalk.fm. Don't forget too that with the recent cold weather and obviously the holidays, the South has had a critical impact on the current blood supply for our state. There is less than one day supply left on our shelves. So that's not a good thing. So Mississippi Blood Services is in desperate need for the following blood types. If you are O negative or O positive, B negative, B positive, A negative or A positive or AB positive, then they want you to come and donate platelets. Specifically, if you're A negative, A positive or AB positive, come and donate platelets. So call Mississippi Blood Services at 601-368-2673 or you can simply go to msblood.com to find a blood drive near you. And if you've been over to supertalk.fm lately and seen some of our great uh, Supertalk news teams um Stories. You'll see there's two congratulations to give, two winners uh, here in Mississippi. First up being a teacher at Pearl Upper Elementary School. She was surprised with $25,000 yesterday morning. That would be a nice surprise. Jennifer Height was presented with a National Milken Educator Award bestowed by the Milken Family Foundation. Now, this has been considered the Oscars of teaching, and it will honor up to 75 recipients across the country um, the 2023 20- 2023-2024 um, school year. And so it honors educators with exceptional educators for excellence and innovation in education. And then it gives them an unrestricted 25000 cash prize that they may use however they choose. And I feel like they usually give it back to what they're doing there in the classroom. So congratulations. She's to- one of three Mississippi educators to win it. What? We had three of them? Oh, yeah. Who were the other two? Uh, the other was Anna Catherine Davis at and Houston High School and Christian Long at Neshoba Central Elementary. I should have read further down the thing. So, that, you know what? That's why you should go and do your own reading over at supertalk.fm. Hey, that's pretty cool. So out of 75, three Mississippians um, got it. So that's $75,000 that was combined given to educators here in our state for exceptional innovation. Um, they all got Oscars. What a good day. What a fun day for them to show up to work um, in that way. And also goes to show the dedicated educators that we have in our um, in our school systems. And then also congratulations to Miss Vivian O'Neill, our Miss Mississippi. She is out there getting ready for or I guess already going through the um preliminaries for Miss America, which is coming up this Sunday, uh, the 14th. And she won the fitness category. She, she started her stuff and showed how fit and whatever they do now um, <laughs> in the preliminary. I There have been changes, so I'm not as familiar with it as it once was. But either way, she was announced um, as a winner of the fitness category during last night's portion of the competition, along with Miss Maryland and Miss Tennessee. And she is a Hattiesburg neighbor, and she walked away with 3,000 in scholarship at the end of her first night. So she will be competing the on-stage question and evening gown categories coming up, I think, uh, maybe today or tonight. But the big big day is going to be... um, Sunday the 14th, where the new Miss America will be crowned, 
and also the winner of this year's Miss America Teen will be announced Saturday prior to that for January the 13th. And so I do think, how are they doing it now? It's streaming on... There's a bundle package for it. You know what? You go to supertalk.fm and they will the they will let you know there. I remember, though, it is sad to see things like that change. WatchMissAmerica.com. Got it. Because and maybe not everybody, but there would be like watch parties for Miss America or Miss Mississippi. I'm glad that's still not something you have to stream. You still can get that on uh, a local broadcast. But, you know, I mean, it's. Even if you weren't a die hard into the pageant realm, it was one of those things. If it's on, you're curious because everybody has a state, right? And everybody is wants to at least chime in to see how their state is sort of doing. And then you get kind of vested in picking your favorites if your state didn't make it. And then it becomes this thing. You just need to see who wins, right? Like it's like you're, you know, same reason why you watch House Hunters to the end. I don't know. I'm not vested in these people's home buying decisions other than I just want to know what they pick. And so <laughs> you kind of hang out to the end. But when there's a few more hurdles to go to, sometimes you know, not as many people get the opportunity to see uh, the see the, the big thing. But, hey, she's doing great. So hopefully we'll get the opportunity to talk to Miss Mississippi, Miss America, coming up uh, next week. I know that's not how it goes, but we're hoping she comes back with a new uh, with a new title. If not, she'll come back and she will continue her reign as Miss Mississippi until they crown the new one there in June in um, in Vicksburg. So lots to look forward to. Lots of good things um, definitely going on. It is one of the most delicious national days, most nutritious national days. One of the most. Well, those two things don't usually go together. <laughs> nutritious, delicious things that go with some of the other delicious things on the planet days. It is National Milk Day. <laughs> you, okay, so you probably went, ugh. All right, if you don't love a cold glass of milk by itself, that's fine. But you probably like it with something that brings you joy. So that's why I said it's, it is like, what's the, it's the Robin to the Batman? Is that the, how would you, how would you frame it? I mean, yeah, it would definitely be the sidekick to a stack of Oreos. Right. But the Oreos, although they are fine on their own, they are now elevated in deliciousness when you add a glass of ice cold milk to it. What else gets elevated in the deliciousness barometer category? I don't know. I mean, Oreos is just the first thing that came to mind. But in general, cookies is probably the biggest part of that pie. And then pie or cake, really any dessert. So if you're not a, be better with milk. It's like if you if you're not a coffee drinker, where you like to have a nice cup of coffee with your pie or a cup of coffee with your piece of cake, then the next best thing to help wash it down with that just enhances the experience. I mean, you can get away with water, but like nobody wants that with a chocolate chip cookie. I mean, you you don't. You're not dunking the chocolate chip in your glass of water, I would hope. No, but that glass of cold milk actually does make uh, certain things good. To me, the be- like peanut butter goes with it. I'm not a big PB&J uh, person. I'm not against them. But mine is, and I owe it all to Elvis, is the toast. Peanut butter banana. banana. Peanut butter banana. And where it's like ooey gooey and melty, and then it's to, obviously you have that little bit sticking to the top of your mouth. So you have that glass of milk that then just it just pairs so nicely. And it's the peanut butter and the milk that pairs so well together. Not so much the banana or the 
or the toast, all those aren't terrible. But those are those are two combinations that just really they really work well together for sure. Other things that go with it too though, like spicy. Like it's I don't know that grab, necessarily they don't goes go together. With spicy. Yeah, if but you, that's something you reach for. It's something you reach for if you've had something too spicy. Don't reach for water. That is not the appropriate beverage for it. Rhett and Ridgeland says, my favorite milk dipping activity is to take a quarter of a graham cracker. Oh, that's very precise, Rhett. <laughs> a quarter of a graham cracker and soak it until it almost dissolves. And now I have this visual, Rhett, of you doing it and you have to go real quickly to your mouth. If not, it's going to fall apart. I'm presuming that's the original graham cracker and not the chocolate graham cracker. Because I could see if you're going back to Oreos, if you're a fan of the cookie and not the cream from an Oreo, then you would be all about chocolate graham cracker and milk. Mm-hmm. Jeff and Pontotoc says it's not what you would expect, but milk and cornbread. It's exactly what I would expect. <laughs> it's exactly what I would expect from a man from the South. But I would expect it like buttermilk. But you can do the buttermilk too. It's milk day, whatever it is that you that you would want. That's another thing that I feel like sad. You know, talking to Mr. Danny, many of us as we get older, we let go of our art passions. Many as we get older, we also let go of our milk drinking habits, unless it's around delicious things that it just pairs well with, that you just kind of want a glass with, and not a big. You know, you just need you just need it to sort of. Sort of get it down. Someone said PB&J and chocolate pie. That's a I'm good. down with both of those. I am absolutely down with both of those with a nice glass of milk. Rhett and Rizion says honey made or bust. So, yeah, original graham crackers. Original graham crackers. Are there unoriginal graham crackers that would not stand up to the dunk? I mean... Not to dog out store brand, because usually store brand is just as good as name brand, especially in things like chips. Like it, it, There's not a whole lot of difference between Lay's and a store brand potato chip. Right. But store brand graham crackers versus like honey-made graham crackers, there's just a quality difference there. Mm-hmm. Well, if you want it to be like a dunkable thing. Then you want you, it to be a treat. You want it to be a treat. It needs to definitely hold up to that. Well, we're holding up, so we got more for you coming up next. Rebecca Turner. She's smart and pretty. Good Things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi. Song and not think of Beetlejuice. And at the very end, like in oh, the, yeah. like one of the closings, where she's floating with the magic, and you got the ghost football team on the stairs dancing behind her. Mm-hmm. Didn't they redo? Aren't they doing a new one, Beetlejuice? I think so. Yeah. Just a terrible idea. <laughs> so 
some things just need to be left. Well, somebody's got to say his name three times. I'm not doing it. I mean, I mean, I'm not superstitious. I'm just, I'm not doing it. Yeah, but if there's any actor that I think could come back after this long and put in the same level of performance, it would be Michael Keaton and Beetlejuice. Who else? Who else would they? I mean, he's going to play Beetlejuice, so it's it's going to be perfect because he's Beetlejuice. Yes, he is. <laughs> it will be interesting if they keep the same storyline, or if they. I mean, they'll have to keep the same premise, but it's not going to be a remake, right? Like it's going to be I a, it's a sequel, yeah. Like kind of like a yeah or whatever. Like I think be. even Winona's character is coming back to be it. like the the. Oh, older. you mean coming back? Not like okay, yes. And when does this come out? We'll have to ask I have Tanya. No idea. That's fine. Put a, we'll put a pin in it. We'll ask Tanya whenever she gets back with us um, for movies on on Friday in September. Oh, of this year. So like it's it's like it's happening. And you got Michael Keaton back as Beetlejuice. You got Winona Ryder back as Lydia. You now have Jenna Ortega from Wednesday. She's Lydia's daughter. And then you have other names. Catherine O'Hara is coming back as Delia. Willem Dafoe is going to be in it. Monica Bellucci is going to be in it. If it will be one of those, I will see. They will get my whatever the money is. Maybe not at the. I will watch it though, because how how do you not? Unless I guess the reviews come out and it's like it's a complete waste of time. But it would feel if you're from a certain era, era it would feel really hard not to at least. I mean, it was terrible then, so it's not going to be good. Like you have to. I mean, if they go to the, the sandworm thing, that's going to look a lot better probably now. Right. I mean, you have to have your. You know, they should bring back too. They should redo Tremors. Oh, definitely. They should totally bring Kevin Bacon back. Bring Reba back. Let's do a whole other Tremors with today's CGI and all the things. I just need the same exact scene where Reba unloads on it when it comes through her basement. <laughs> When it just comes completely through through her basement. Real quick, though, we do want to give you a heads up for tomorrow. Rhino mentioned that maybe the weather is deteriorating a little faster than we thought. Yeah, it was. if you uh, managed to miss out on the storms that seemed to mainly impact southern Mississippi earlier in the week with the really strong wind, hail, and the potential for tornadoes, although I haven't seen any reports of, of tornadoes confirmed, thankfully, looks like tomorrow morning there's another chance of... Uh, Pretty severe weather with wind gusts for the majority of the state. Like if you draw a line from just south of I-20 up to, let's see, in the northern part, you got a line from just north of Clarksdale, just south of South Haven, all the way over to Corinth. So that big chunk of North Mississippi and Central Mississippi, an enhanced threat of severe weather with winds between 60 to 80 miles an hour, predicted out- outages of power, and they can't rule out tornadoes. Which time is this supposed to start? It starts on the riverside as early as 5 a.m. and then throughout the morning up to 1 p.m. on the eastern side. Simmer down. So, yeah, a morning of high winds and uh, potentially lots of rain and hail. Uh, We'll go ahead and tell you now, parents and caregivers, just go on and be thinking about a plan if the school day changes. Because when it comes to high winds and buses, usually public schools will make difficult decisions and they sometimes will not make them until five o'clock or so in the morning. So, yeah, especially since all this is going to get kicked off at five in the morning. 
Here is your friendly warning. You heard it here. Just go and prepare yourself for the chance that you may be stuck with them critters tomorrow. But you would rather be, you know, I have. We can think all sides around that. So um, we want safety for for families and other families to be top concerned. Yeah, this weather update came out thirty minutes ago, and now I'm seeing. Seven different storm chasers are like, red mode activated. We're going to Mississippi. <laughs> that is not for a good thing. It's not what you want to see. It's not what you want to see. Absolutely not. You can keep keep your keep your red mode down. Let's simmer down, people. Turn off Let's the light. Turn, turn off the light. Go away from the light. Stay wherever you're at. Um, I can't help it. It's so beautiful. <laughs> We're not ready. All right, there you go. There's a little bit of update warning. But in all seriousness, if you need to be already thinking about potentially making plans to have your children at home tomorrow, you may want to go ahead and start thinking about that if you're in the line of that because it could happen. All right, stick with us, though. you got more for – we've got more for you coming up next with the Boys with Sports Talk Mississippi uh, from 3 to 6. Rhino and I will meet you back here tomorrow at 2. But until then, I hope you all find time for the good things. Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. Ah! things for you. Talk Mississippi Media Production.